We are back finally. PD Sports Podcast is back in your earwaves. How are you going, Damo? Yeah, not bad, Paulie. Not bad at all. Very, very, very excited to be here. And uh, look, I think this is going to be an absolutely fantastic episode. Yeah, can't wait. 100%. I think it's been a long time coming. We're talking from pretty much the start of the season. It's been absolutely just... Crazy at the moment, but anyway, look, the season has been what it has been. We've been lucky that the people that have been in the Discord have managed to be able to see this so far, and we've been able to interact, but we've finally got a bit of a setup going that I'm happy with, and that was the main thing for me. I, we didn't get any negative feedback from the way that the podcast was going, but it just didn't feel the same to me doing it over Zoom and whatever and all that stuff, so we're finally back in a room together. We've got the setup. If you haven't already, there's going to be some clips from the podcast starting to go up on YouTube as well. So make sure you get down in the description, check out the socials. They're going to start on my channel at the moment, but if things start to pick up, we will make a separate channel for just the clips from the podcast. So if you do support it, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and make sure you subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. But let's get straight into it. What a Premier League season that we've had in front of us so far. We've got lots to unpack. We're not going to talk about absolutely everything here today we're just picking up from where we are at the moment aren't we so i think the only place we can start is arsenal what a bloody result last night for them the feeling is that they've like playing like champions it's very fergie-esque isn't it yes it is uh they're finding a couple of late goals throughout the season which is great last night was absolutely massive moment as well when you come to think of it and if you look at just like goal goal scorers and assists sucker didn't get on the street, or Odegaard. or Odegaard, who are having fantastic years. If you told me when we did our last episode that we're going to be sitting here with Arteta in charge, leading Arsenal to what could be the title, with Odegaard being the main man and Saka being as well-classed as he has been all year, and that's with Gabriel Jesus being out for the last interim period. Yeah, well, since before Absol- the World Cup. Absolutely incredible. Um, there was massive calls for them to get the sack. Well, I honestly think I said in a couple of podcasts, even though it's ages ago, that I before the season that I think he would get the sack throughout yep, the year. I was the same. Um, it just shows that when you give a manager time and a manager that has some pedigree behind him as a player and obviously learning under Pep, that when he finally decided that this is the system, this is what yep, I'm playing, and this is the uh, this is the team that I'm going to build around. Yeah. This is this is the uh, fruition, and it's really good to for an Arsenal as the football club. It's good for the Premier League to have Arsenal back, and uh, to all the Arsenal supporters there, there yeah. long may it continue for you. Yeah, well done for sticking through with Arteta. I think it's symbolic last night, really, that it's the first time in thirty-seven years that a player was not on the pitch for Arsenal that had played under Arsene Wenger. So that is, for me, that's the sign that this team is actually moving in the right, not moving in the right direction, but that it is a transition now, like. They can finally close that book, almost in a way, because you know he was a, f- a fantastic leader of that club for you know twenty odd years. But now it's Arteta's team. Like this is one hundred percent Arteta's team. The only player that really was in the team regularly that was under Wenger was Granite Xhaka. And when I saw that midfield last night, no Xhaka, no Jorginho, and I saw Fabio Vieira sitting in that midfield with Odegaard, I thought, what's going on here? Like, bit interesting, but. Also, they go 2 0 down. We'll get to that. <laughs> but they're just finding a way. They did it against Aston Villa. You know, Jorginho finds that goal. That's an own goal through Martinez. Good hit. Great hit. And then Martinelli also gets that goal through. But they're just, 
it's very Manchester United feel at the moment, isn't it? They just find a way. Yeah, and like all the best sides always found a way. You know, you had uh, Fergie under United. Klopp's had moments at Liverpool. You know, when you come City. to think of Everton, City, couple yeah, late goals the, there. The company goal and uh, Aguero. Yeah, um, and you know, obviously our goal with Pickford and, and Divock Origi's massive. Yeah. Uh, if you look at a European spectrum, obviously we had the Barcelona night under Klopp and then Arteta's now creating these moments here with Arsenal. Um, and it puts them just in a position where, even if they didn't do it this year, which I think they will, uh, it puts them with so much confidence for the project moving forward. And it's quite scary to think about how good they actually could become under this project too. 100%, because they've been doing this without really European football and their recruitment's been, you know, who can we bring in now Who's happy to come play Europa League? Who's happy to build the project? You know, you look at Zinchenko, you know, always touted as a good player, but in and out of that city team. Jesus, talented player, but same thing, just doesn't score goals. Same thing, he hasn't had to score goals this year because they've had Odegaard, they've had Saka, they've got Martinelli, they've found goals from other areas and then they've had such a big period with no Jesus this year that they've had to make it work. And for me... I thought Trossard coming in was a crucial signing. They needed that little bit of extra depth. But we said privately, where does he fit? Because at the time, Martinelli was flying and Ketchia was flying and Saka's Saka. So Martinelli has kind of fallen out, come back in. I think the front three really now, and Ketchia's the one that's unfortunately missed out because to his downfall, his goals probably haven't been there. I think that's, that number nine role still not really sorted. I could still see long-term Jesus almost being the left-sided player, similar to Darwin, doing that dog work on one side because Trossard gives them something completely different in that false nine. What do you think they're going to need to make sure that this is their title? That's the big question for me. What they're going to need to win the title? Keep doing what they're doing. Keep grinding the results. It doesn't matter if they win 3-2 after being 2-0 down now. It does not matter if they win the game 1-0 with 40 shots, only one goes in. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they win a game with only one shot and the ball goes in. Um, so for them, it's just keep grinding the results. I like the problems, you know, the selection headache. They didn't seem like they had that at the start of the year. And without being in the Champions League, you can get away with that. Yeah. Now that they're making it to the back of the Europa League, that signing of Trossard's crucial to allow for some sort of rotation. Yeah, same Martin, with Smith Rowe. Yeah, Martinelli being... Well, Smith Rowe's been injured for most of it, but Martinelli playing week in, week out, as much as he's a good player, needs the rest. Same way when Jesus is injured and Nketi has now picked up a knock, you need that yeah. depth up top. You also need, you know, what happens on the day where Saka might miss a week or two throughout the back end of the season if something goes wrong. And they got Reese Nelson <laughs> contributing as well, which we haven't talked about yet as well. Yeah, but, um, but that signing of Trossard just goes, well, he can fill in multiple areas. Yeah. And that's a player that just wanted to be excited. Well, it was a player that's so exciting to watch, is but what I should Pre- say. Premier League proven is the key too. Exactly. And someone that was kind of dying for a move away from Brighton, especially under Deservery. So yeah. with that being said, I think that was really smart business. And he, he's a guy that maybe where they needed two extra depth players, he's two players in he one because he's it, so yeah. versatile. Um, in terms of what else they need to do for the rest of the season is I just think at the moment Arsenal started to concede a few more goals than what they did at the start of the year, but teams do drop off throughout a year. You can't start that yeah. consistently Newcastle high level. Newcastle doing that too now as well. Exactly. Yeah. Liverpool, historically, if you have a look at you know what yeah. they've done this year, it's one year unbelievable than this. I think that... Um, you know, if they can somehow just reset defensively and go back to those many a clean sheet they had at the first half of the year, they'll win the league. 
But yeah, 100%. I, and with the way they're grinding out results, they had some clean sheets in with that. I don't see a world where City catches them. Yeah, I think defensively there's two question marks for me. It's who's going to be the long-term right back because I think this is the first time Arteta's had that question mark because Tomiyasu's fit. And there's been times where White's played 45 minutes and then Tomiyasu, and then it's been Tomiyasu, then White. And then this morning it was Tomiyasu, White, White then scores. Yeah. I think he's just really trying to find that balance in the big games and when he needs that. I think it's going to be Ben White, honestly, when the big game comes. But knowing that you've got two really quality right wing backs on that side. The other one for me is Gabriel. Fantastic centre-back, great leader, but has that mistake in him. Reminds me a lot of sort of the way Canate plays for Liverpool. Can have stretches of games where he's brilliant, but then can also have brain farts and really switch off. So I think that's... And you pair that with Saliba, who's in his first real season with Arsenal, although he's been there for three. Doing unbelievable, though. Yeah, and that's a new partnership. So that will take time still, and there will be moments where... So I think they're the two things that really, it's just time. It's knowing who the right back is, and it's building that you know, sustainable partnership for years to come because I think that is... You know, Gabriel looks old. He's only 24, 25, I think. Yeah. And Saliba's 21, 22. So they've got a partnership there for 10 years. So realistically, that's the only big question marks. The other one for me is that number six role. And that's what worries me because last year, party goes down and they fall away. Jorginho's not the same player as party. I don't think he's been brought in to be Thomas Party 2.0. But you saw his impact this morning. Energy, power, athleticism, goals. Very hard combination <laughs> to be able to replace. So that's my worry because there's a, just a, if he doesn't get injured, there's no problem whatsoever. But he is as crucial to Arsenal as Virgil van Dijk has been to Liverpool Correct. in Myers because he's just he's that irreplaceable player that when we talk about going further up the pitch. They've got Vieira, they've got Trossard, they've got Reese Nelson, they've got players that uh, that are serviceable, that will do a job for an extended period of time. But I don't see that midfielder because Jack has been so good up the pitch. And if Party does get injured, I think that is the move. I think it's Jack drops deeper and you lose his ability to then drive forward and you just put Vieira or something in that eight role. So I think that's the way it would happen. But the fact that we're just talking about question marks shows... I think Arsenal are going to win the league because today, well, this morning, well, last night, City put the question to them. They said, we've just gone and knocked off Newcastle 2-0 at home. What are you going to do about it? They would have known that result and they would have known the pressure that then builds to perform and then going 2-0 down the other way, going, this is a four-goal swing and three points. The character that that showed was absolutely brilliant. So let's get on to some of those goals now. So obviously the bright uh, the Brighton... The Bournemouth goal from kickoff, I literally just jumped into bed. 11 seconds. <laughs> and I didn't even like roll over. Like, I just heard the commentary, but it was like off the training pitch. They That was exactly done by design to exploit that space down Arsenal's left-hand side to be able to work that ball across. Fantastic. Their second goal set piece, I believe it was, from memory. Yep. We'll leave it there. Get to Arsenal. Thomas Party, as I've mentioned, probably lacking goals at times. He scores wonder goals, but I'd say if he can contribute another four or five more, he'd be like elite, elite midfielder. Yeah. Right place, right time. Gets it through. Good finish. Ben White comes on, does his job. First goal for Arsenal, I believe. What, <laughs> what a time. A yeah, what a time. But the timing's crucial. That first goal gave them, you know, half an hour still to be able to get back in the game. And then it was bang, straight away, two all, and the foot down. Because Bournemouth, you offer them 2-2, two, two, 
they're going to take 2-2. I'll snap it. But then step up, Reese Nelson, not just the finish, but the moment, the weak foot, but for a young player that's not played, to take that on shows balls and courage that I don't think many people would. I think a lot of people in that situation would try and bring that ball down and just throw that secondary ball in towards the back post and try and cause chaos. But he's brought it down with his strong foot, put it to his left foot and gone, I'll hit it. <laughs> and that's just it. And this is why I think Arsenal win the league. You've got a guy there that hasn't played much football to show that moment of quality is very Ferguson-esque, like when they had Makeda or Macheda yeah, coming off the bench. that season. And, you know, and he'll do something incredible. No one's heard of him since. Um, he went back to Serie B football. And he and went to Panathinaikos for a while. And Reese Nelson, you know, no disrespect, similar sort of mould of footballer. Don't yeah. really see much of him. And then he does things that are just so incredible at times. He's so talented, that's the thing. For me, it's the cojones of a tether to throw a guy on like that and go, go get there, me get gold. me something Yeah. as well. And it just shows the much of the progression of the last three years of we want to take her out to this guy when he wants to be is so switched on as a manager. He knows he's, what he's got. And he's able to get that out of his players too. And credit to Reese Nelson was a fantastic goal, fantastic moment. And uh, look, I would much rather Arsenal win the league than City. Uh, yeah, so would I. Uh, so I was very happy when it flew in. Yeah, and just... I think they're there. Like, well, not there, but there's still a lot to happen. They still have to play City one more time. Yep. Any form of positive result, you know, even a draw, really makes it difficult for City. City pushing for Champions League. So I, th- I really think that, you know, they're potentially going to get the job done. And good on them. But they haven't won it in 20 or since 2004. So almost, you know, 20 years. So, you know, get about, the job done. It's about time the cycle came around, I think, for them. Yeah. And they've been through enough pain. We've, yep. seen, we've seen Liverpool <laughs> have that cycle as well. We've absolutely ripped apart Arsenal for a good couple of years, really. Since we started the podcast, they've been at that bottom end of that trajectory. So, well done to the Gunners. And look, you know, they've got some big games coming up as well. They've got Fulham next. They've got some real winnable games. And this is where they've had the buckle before. They really, it's time to put the foot down. They've got, a you know, an okay draw, I think, in the Europa League from the top of my head. I can't quite remember who it was, but... You know, I think they're you know right in pole position right now, which I wouldn't have said you know with a few of the results I were getting in City. You know, we can probably shift to City a little bit now. I've been disappointing. Like I've been saying it to Zach a little bit. I think it's both Liverpool and City have had the drop off at the exact same time because of the levels that they've played at for five years. Correct. The difference with Liverpool and City at the moment is that City are able to call on Phil Foden, Grealish, Mares, Bernardo Silva last night as well. That second layer of players at City is a lot stronger than it is at Liverpool, which is why that drop off is so significant. Like when you can pull De Bruyne off and bring on Bernardo Silva and get the sealer, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Gonna... It's a bit. It's it's funny. But it... the fact that City could be having their dip year and still win the title if things go their way. He's crazy. He's absolutely crazy. Erling Haaland, I actually thought last night, although he didn't score, was one of his most complete all-round performances. I thought that he was... More involved. Finally more involved on the ball, holding it up a bit more, bringing people into the game. Phil Foden looked like the Phil Foden pre-World Cup, who was just on an absolute tear to turn Dan Byrne inside out. Grealish, I don't know what your thoughts are on him. I think... Little fantasy chat. He just seems to be the guy that is locked on that left wing at the moment. Didn't think he was great last night, but he's just there. 
all the time I look at the team lineup, Grealish, Grealish, Grealish. I think there's a Grealish moment still. I thought the United one was going to be his moment. But he's had six contributions since the restart, and he had like two contributions prior to the World Cup. I think he's the guy that if there's someone's going to drag them through, and obviously Haaland's going to get goals, but I actually think it's Grealish is the one that could actually drag them through on form. I agree. I, I think this is the first time Grealish has been given the opportunity, though, at City to yeah, start a long run of games consistently. And it's massive. You give a player that confidence, A, and you give that player that ability to know, look, I'm in the starting line no matter what for the next few weeks. You've yeah, got to get a good, It's going to get good performances because it just alleviates that pressure. He's had a lot of pressure on him. You know, the $100 million price tag probably yeah. gives that pressure. He, for me, he's a good enough player that belongs at City. I feel like the question mark's always been, is he a good enough player to be at City? But yet again, it's the second layer of players. If your second team's got Bernardo Silva and Jack Grealish in it, yeah. you're going to be good enough to probably fight for the title anyhow if they were starting. Um, so I think it's good for Grealish to do the, uh, to get that minute, those minutes and be expected to be on the starting 11 week in, week out. The Foden one's interesting for me because I don't understand how he doesn't start week in, week out pre-Royal Cup. There must be and some stuff. It, it, I feel like Foden must be one of those guys in the change room that doesn't get along well with Pep or it's one of those things that Foden is like a li- real laddie lad and yeah, goes out be. a bit um, or something like because that. Because he was playing so well in the lead up and then just got dropped. But then got dropped yeah, for three, four games in a row and it was like, what do you mean? Like, and he didn't play much at the World Cup so he can't call fatigue. Yeah. So something had happened after and it's taken Mar- like, and Mares took that chance really. Yeah, oh, Mares came back and he was he hit the ground running post World Cup. So look, end of the day, it's Foden's spot now. This is the first time I've seen him play on the right wing really this year, bar the Man United game in that one six Correct. three whatever it was. I think long term Pep's now gone. Shit, we got to win. Yeah. Big game, big games. Foden's playing, uh, and that that's always been the case, though. Yeah, because if you look at them, then historically in the Champions League, it's always been Mares. As the saying goes, it's Champions League, it's Mares. If it's Premier League, it's Foden. Yeah. Or it's Bernardo Silva out there, um, because Mares is that sort of player that just suits moment. the Champions League moment. Um, not saying that the other players don't. It just always seems to be Mares, right? Um, so, and it means that now I think Foden is gonna be situated to playing on the right starting week and week yeah, out by the looks of it. Uh, I think that's a good thing for Pep. And I feel like it's Pep just being that, you know, I am the best manager in the world, which he is. I'm happy to say that um, in the current you know, yeah. climate of managers. He knows when a player is probably ready to play. He probably gets in his own head too much, but he knows when a player's ready to play. So if there's some disciplinary reasons there, I almost think he holds Foden back so much to go, oh, I'm finally going to unleash you. Makes Off hungry. you go. And then he's hungry and he'll play for the rest of the season. It's the same way where when he does something wrong, maybe another player might do something similar, but he'll let him go maybe that little bit. Where for Foden, he will drag him right back into the doghouse, so to say, yeah. and then unleash him when he needs him. And I think this is the moment where he realises, as you mentioned, we need to probably win every game from here on end to win the title. Yeah. They need to beat Arsenal in a six-pointer. And Foden's going to be the guy. And yeah. I think Grealish should be the guy. And then mentioning what you mentioned with Haaland... A lot of things that everybody comes out and say, oh, the City are the worst side of Harlem playing, no, whatever, which is nonsense. It's a different sort of striker than what they're used to. But last night, as you mentioned, was the most complete performance because he interacted with play. Yeah. He's not that sort of striker that usually comes in from deep and helps link up, which maybe City sometimes look for. The only guy that I think understands that very well is De Bruyne. But that would take time. Say where with the Saliba-Gabriel partnership. 
once they get to know where Haaland's runs are going, where De Bruyne's on that next level, we will just find him anyway, yeah. right? City are going to get Haaland to get 40 to 50 goals in the season yeah, at some stage. And the fact that he's done he's this 20, well... Yeah. 26, 27 this year, I think. The fact that he's done this well, you can't tell me in any world where they're a worse side of Haaland not starting. Don't yeah. get me wrong, I think Julian Alvarez is a great cracking player too. I've spoken about him. Right, because I think he suits City down to a T and their historical coming yeah. from D, fill in, whatever. But... He can also break lines too, like, and that's the thing. Like, where does he fit? Does he play on the right too? Like, I think he's their. Be- I think he's their X factor of the bench. If, yeah. if anyone, if Harden was ever injured for a longer term period, they don't need to find another striker because he's already or there. Or they're playing Forest like they did, and he scored a hat trick against Forest. That's the whole reason I think for Fabio Vieira and Odegaard started because they thought they're playing Bournemouth and they could have gone out there and snapped them six or seven. Yeah, and go with the ball players. Yeah, but yeah, fair. I, so I think I, the only question marks really with City. I feel like the midfield three and the front three. Their best 11 picks themselves. You're looking Grealish, Haaland, Foden, yeah. De Bruyne, Gundy, Rodri. Yeah. I think that picks itself. And that's really harsh on Bernardo Silva because he any, any other team he starts. But yeah. that seems to be, if I've got a big game, I've got a Champions League final, that's going to be the team that Pep's going to put out there. Unless he goes 4-1-2-1-2 and wants to absolutely... Like he did in the final. And <laughs> hopefully he's learned from that. <laughs> the issue right now I've got is behind the ball. The port's not locked. I feel Ake is the one that's locked at the moment, to be fair. Akanji plays very, very well, but Stones is injured. So there's issues there. Walker, I don't like in this Cancelo, Rico Lewis role at all. His ball playing is not... He's not at the level, Correct. technically, to play the way Pep wants him to play. So I feel like... I don't know what the hell happened with Jao Cancelo, but I feel like there's a, a hole there because last night, and I'm going to put Edison under the spotlight, his distribution was dreadful... For the first time in about five years, correct? Yeah, but Walker's was just as bad. And I think Walker will get away with it because of his recovery and his ability to win the ball back when teams break. So when St. Maximum came on, well, I felt Walker got more involved in the game, but then they were asking him to do less. Because he was being asked to do more defensively, they weren't asking him to drift inside. And this game had changed a little bit. But I could see that Walker looked really uncomfortable with that role. And... That's my question, Mark. Rico Lewis, I, I, I really like him as a prospect. I don't think he's ready to be the week-in, week-out right-back for this team. So if you're getting at City, you've got to be exploiting that left, your left-hand side, their right-hand side, in order to you know show... And that's what Newcastle did. A lot came through Anthony Gordon in that first 60 minutes. That's the whole reason he started. Just to, exactly, to, to really go after. So, And then, I don't know, like Ruben Diaz... For me, has been a bit up and down. I think he's probably their most nailed-on centre-back when fit. But Pep does rotate it. It is what it is. He's always going to do that defensively. My, my question mark or my comment on the question mark about City's defence, this is the first time I can think in a long while that they've been this unsettled at the back. Usually you could name the City back four. Yeah. Usually you know, it was Cancelo, Diaz, probably Laporte. Or Stones. Or Stones. Or Walker at centre-back. And then at right back, you it's know, it's, it was Walker really. Yeah. the last few years. Right, Cancelo. We don't know what's happened, so I'm not going to speculate. But obviously, there's a falling out of some sort. Yeah. Right, Ruben Diaz has been injured week in week out, and he's as important to the City defense as Virgil is to the yeah, Liverpool defense. Yeah, hundred percent. But when you look at the other players, is Ake good enough to play on the left? He's mm. better at centre back. Is he good he's enough class, to play the right? Though. At centre back, he's not bad. Stones has not been the player that he once was, but you know that will come back. And then, lastly, you know we've got Laporte, who's not been great. 
usually when you look at City, they're just so world-class. Yeah. This is the first time that I can say this, that they're world-class going forward, but at the back, yeah. I expect City next year to spend big. Yeah, 100%. And to lock the defence down. at the back. Because that Gomez guy's not good enough at left back either. No. Like, I mean, I feel for he's, him. He's a good backup player to have and he would be a very handy player for most other Premier League And I haven't clubs. seen enough of him to be able to really critique it. But clearly Pep hasn't seen what maybe They'll, someone else saw. They need to make at least three signings at the back next year. Yeah, and they will. And They've it, done that in the past. They, they will. made, you know, 50 million pound bloody fullbacks season on season. So, you know, this is the year to get at them. So, look, I think City, you know, they're definitely in a position to be able to compete. So, I would be very surprised if they, you know, don't push Arsenal all the way. But, you know, I think Champions League is going to be the focus for them. Who knows what's going to happen there. So, look, we'll we'll leave it there. You know, they've obviously got the, the, the cloud of the financial stuff. You know, I don't want to go into that really too much. I think let's focus on what's happening on the pitch. We'll deal when there's actual concrete statements that come out. We'll address what we think of that I think I don't think it's right to speculate on that right here right now I think right now Pep's manager the team's on the park we'll keep it to, the, to what's happening so look one team that I want to cover this isn't going to be our longest episode today we're just trialling all the new stuff at the moment but there's one team that overnight has caught the attention Deserby and Brighton just wow just wow they are the the establishment they're the team that every team that's building towards being a Premier League club want to be they are the model they've had their years with Potter where it was they play great football they've got the XG but they don't score and they just stay up and da 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 and they build and build and build and build and build Potter builds him to a point where it's like he's then moved on we'll talk about Chelsea another time but Deserby's come in and really we question their defence because when he came in that defence really struggled initially transitioning from a 3 to a 4 they're really looking settled and they are clicking at the moment. Matoma has been an absolute revelation. Caicedo's just signed a new extension. Who would have thought that, you know, a month and a half after he was about to walk out the door? But they're just finding goals from everywhere. Danny Welbeck, you know, he finally, you know, you've been trying to back him for almost a year in fantasy and he finally gets on the score sheet. McAllister, World Cup winner, comes back with a whole other layer of confidence. They push him further up the pitch. About time. 100%. I re- Looking at that team last night, I was worried. I thought Grace was going to be on the right and that they were going to play... Um, oh, I can't remember who started. Uh, but sorry, March or Matoma. One of... Well, would have been uh, March to play in the 10. Because it didn't... It just... Grace... He's, under Potter, Gross was more the advanced yeah, player. correct. And McAllister was more the deeper player. And switch now. Deserby switched it, and I think that's the best thing you can do. We saw how good McAllister was for Argentina in an eight role versus a six role, and McAllister's the one that's just pulling it. But to be fair, it took Lalana getting a bloody injury for them to be able to do it. And, but that's because Lalana, and I know this is, might sound pretty uh, silly, but Lalana is a very underrated in what he does. Yeah, and there's a reason why Liverpool spent money on him, and there's a reason why he stayed at Liverpool for a long while too. He is a quality player when on the park. And that's why people get so upset seeing him get all these injuries. He's yeah, very injury can't prone. Feel that potential. Because everyone knows that how good he could have been and how good he can be on his day. But that McAllister has to start in the 10 week in, week out. He yeah, is that, he's quality. He could walk in to basically any side. And I'm, I'm including well, Sydney Arsenal. Well, we're, linked, we're linked with him at the moment. Yeah. So he I would take in, him in a heartbeat. He can walk into any side he wanted to yeah. to play Premier League football. 
I love watching Brighton, even under Potter. The football they play, it's exciting. It's attractive. They want to go after games. They want to play football. They want to break the lines. And it's just from a neutral point of view or from a coaching point of view. Yeah. Or it's from, that identity, isn't it? Yeah. Or from, you know, you could even be another Premier League supporter. You want to see them do well. And it's the process that I think Palace is sort of trying to do now under Patrick Vieira. And I think there's a few other teams that will do the same. Um, what's the name in the championship who Carrick is manager of? Oh, Binisborough. Yeah, I reckon they're trying to do the same thing too. And they'll be the next one in this mould, I do yeah. believe. That will go in and say, no, this is With the identity. Yeah. This is the philosophy. These are the players we have to sign. And off we go. So Sado's a revelation. Could play anywhere he wants in the Premier League. Yeah. And this Brighton side is that good that I honestly think there is a world where there's European football this year yeah. that they can get in. There's a European top four side maybe next year with the right signers and right recruitment. And I honestly think there's a world they can win the FA Cup this year. I know there's a big statement to say because they've still got City in the, co- in, in yeah, the comp. But... You know, United could still be in the comp um, and they could walk into them. But I honestly think there's they a world... They match them, though. That's the thing. I honestly think there's a world in 90 minutes being cut football. that They're a good enough side defensively to lock out a team. And Sanchez is a world-class enough keeper to still do the business. And they've got goals going the other way, too. Exactly. Look, and I honestly think that they are the pin-up team for any side in the pyramid yeah, to look at and go, that's the goal. And they were nowhere six years ago, really. Or, you know, a good club. Yeah. But... You know, taken over by a guy that was manager of Carabag. Yeah. You know, like, it, it just is... It's been built under an image and a philosophy, but then the pre... Well, the, the new manager that comes in had a similar style. Like, so that the owners are the ones here that need the, the, the credit. Because I've not heard anybody give them recognition for still staying with that same identity. Like, they've, they they've went had up. the next manager in line just in case because they heard... We might lose Graham, and like it's, it's just the club is just run in such a great way that it, you know if you're not a, t- a traditional top six club, you'd be envious that your club's not run by the the way Brighton's run because it's just they're printing money. You know, you look at Cucurella, you look at all these other guys that they've had that they've managed to. It's stupid to be the next one. Oh god, yeah, I mean, what 100%. a player! And they picked him up for absolutely piddles. Yeah, considering Basuma as well. Yeah, you know and I mean? no, he's they, not even playing for Spurs. If they do become a selling club, which I actually think they're at that stage now, if you're a player at Brighton, you, 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 you look at it and go, unless it's Arsenal, unless it's City, you could say Manchester to an extent, United. if United or Liverpool knocked on the door, yeah, right, because of the history there, and United are actually having a pretty decent year too. To be fair, I think they've done very well. Yeah. Why would you leave? Oh, yeah, 100%. Why would you leave to another Premier League club? Why would you leave to go to Spain? Why would you leave to go to France or yeah, Germany? Well, you're in the best league in the world and you're in a team that's in the top Honestly, seven. if I was a Brighton player, I would find it, it I would find it easy enough to turn down United or Liverpool at the minute, which makes it a sort of position or a sort of moment that maybe this is the moment they stop being that selling club Yeah. and they now have a team that is long-term. Thing is... If they still are a selling club, they're so self-sufficient yeah, that they've with got the their next, recruitment process. next three guys already... They've probably got that shortlist like you mentioned and they're going to make bubble money on top. It is incredibly well how they run. Yeah, and I think the getting Matoma out of a university <laughs> team practically in Japan, Yeah, that just that shows it. Like they, They're doing everything right. I think Brentford have a very similar model as well. 
But, you know, the, the sky's the limit for Brighton at the moment. They've got two games in hand on most teams in the top six as well. Yeah, they've got a couple of doubles. And if they hadn't dropped some silly points in the last few weeks, they could be really in that top four race because Newcastle with the team dropping out. I feel like Spurs, you know, they lose again today. So they're, I, everyone's saying Spurs. I don't see Spurs really, unless Harry Kane decides to start absolutely going ballistic. It's Liverpool and Brighton for me. Like, I know Liverpool's form, form yeah. excluding the Real Madrid game, where we'll turn you up at home. Liverpool fine in the league at the moment. Like we've found something in the last three weeks, bar the Palace nil nil draw. Which that's going to happen, and we should have won. Liverpool will get onto a bit later, but I think it's a Liverpool Brighton fight out for this fourth spot if Brighton can maintain this momentum. And I think they will, and I honestly think the big call could be that Brighton are the fourth. Yeah, big time. I do think there's a world where Newcastle get it right. Eddie Howe's too good of a manager that he will sort it out, and they will keep some clean sheets, and their run's been pretty difficult. For them, it's the goals. There's going to be a moment where Wilson goes ballistic or Isaac might light it up. I think the big thing for them is to finally get Sam Maxim starting. Yeah. Right? But their moments will come for Newcastle. So I do think Newcastle in that race too. Um, But yeah, look, you talk to me about Spurs and I don't see it personally. No, no way. Brighton are in a much better position than Spurs are. Yeah. If if I'm a player at at Brighton and Spurs come knocking, why would you jump? the reverse Basuma... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, look, Brighton, you know, I guess the big question mark is the Ferguson Welbeck. That they just need something at times from either of them. Doesn't matter who. If you can get six goals or so between those two for the rest of this season, I think that's more than enough because you'll get goals from McAllister, March, and Matoma as well. So, I think, yeah, you don't want to be playing Brighton right here, right now. They no. are absolutely clicking. West Ham quickly just. Not ideal. I still think they'll be okay, but yeah, I think they just got a, a great Brighton side that are absolutely clicking. And I yeah. thought West Ham had actually turned the corner after their performance last week um, as well. They looked really, really solid. I still think Moyes would be fine with them, but I won't. Again, we're not here to talk about <laughs> West Ham today, are we? There's one more big game, you know, that we really kind of want to preview. It hasn't happened yet. Liverpool Man United. This is the big one. This is massive, and it goes massive for both ways. Because Manchester United are kind of that team that's in third, that they're starting to fall away from top two, but they've got a big enough gap, I think, off the top of my head. Not a big gap, but they've got a reasonable gap from Spurs and Newcastle and Liverpool and Brighton. This is the first time in a very, very long time that I've gone into a game against Manchester United not confident of winning. Even the game at the start of the year this year when we did lose, yes. I still went into that game confident because we still had enough on the pitch at the time. But, you know, obviously things happened. And yeah, I think we lost 2-1, didn't we? But um, this is the first time. And it is at home. But that makes me more worried because United have looked the best this year when they've been able to just sit there and pick teams off. On the break. And when you've got Rashford <laughs> in the form that Rashford's in, <laughs> going up against Trent, you're kind of like, mm, and there's no cover on that right midfield at the moment for Trent to be able to go. So this game... That's where this game's going to be won and lost. Down that Liverpool right flank, that Man United left flank. Yeah. The whole game is going to be dictated by who wins that one battle, I think. If Rashford gets the better of the Henderson-Trent combo... Which would probably start. Which, as long as Milner doesn't start <sighs> alongside. Oh, God. I don't want to even talk about that midfield at the moment. <laughs> that's what, and, and that's the thing. Like, we don't have any... Like, and everyone's picking Trent out. 
It's not Trent's like no, it's Trent, not Trent's fault. Trent's fine. Trent has been defensively okay. He hasn't made big mistakes this year. The only one that people have really mentioned to me uh, is the bloody Mitrovic one, where the guy's six foot four and bullies him in the air. What do you expect? Like it's not Mitrovic. Trent's, it's not Trent's job to defend Mitrovic at the back post. Anyway, he hasn't had to cover that. He requires to do his role well, so that's an issue for me. We could do a whole hour podcast on the issues of Liverpool right now. Midfield, engine room. I think Bajatic and Fabinho. Again, Fabinho hasn't been the player this year either, but we just don't have anyone in the six regardless. The Badger Tech has to start with Badger, Bajatic, or however you pronounce it. I love him. <laughs> I think he's great. Uh, yeah, Bajatic is how I go with it. Yeah. Bajatic, Bajatic, whatever. But he has to play in an eight, the left-sided eight role. That's his now, really. It's sad to say that a 19-year-old... Is he 19, 18-year-old is our best midfielder at the minute? And who do you reckon the right midfielder is? Really? Yeah. I, I don't agree with this. It's coming out of my mouth, but I don't agree with it. If it's Henderson or Harvey Elliott... I'm picking Harvey Elliott, which is, uh, look, and you will back me up here. I am the biggest fan of Jordan Henderson. I know, and, and that's the thing. Oh, like, I, I was I, the guy when everyone was telling we should get sold back in 2012 and 2013, yeah, and I'd rock back. up to year 12 high school and go, "This guy is incredible." Yeah, listen to me. I do think to, that in today's day and age. I almost would, and this is ludicrous to say, I almost want to play Jordan Henderson at right back and tell him to be defensively <sighs> solid and move Trent into the middle of the park. Look, I wouldn't mind that. It won't happen because Klopp won't do it. I just think Klopp will go with Henderson because of the game and the moment. And I, and I can understand that. But I would actually prefer Harvey, and I never thought I'd be saying that. And I don't like him as a midfielder. I still prefer Harvey. Okay, I know his role is to go out on the wing. Yeah. But I don't like the way our midfield plays when Harvey's in there, particularly, because it leaves a huge gap that I've never seen, and I don't like it. But he plays like a right winger when he plays right centre mid, and then we just get carved up. So like, there needs to be some accountability for him just to just please stay further inside, stay in the channel. Let Trent be the person that goes down the <laughs> down the wing. You know what I mean? Like, it just frustrates me whenever he gets the ball out there. I'm like. You're playing centre mid, like stop, like it's because naturally he's a winger. He's he's a winger that they're trying to mould into a midfielder, which is fine if it's gonna be a midfielder long term. But I don't know because then Trent has to player. Oh yeah, technically he's brilliant. Yeah, but I just don't see it long term as a central midfielder. I just I don't know. I, don't I, st- know. I still I still hold hope for one day us actually signing another right back and Trent playing middle of the park, but I don't well, we think that's ever going to happen. What's his name? Calvin Ram- Ramsey. Ramsey. Yeah, yeah. Like, we haven't seen but him. I think he's been injured and then he comes back and then he gets another knock. Um, you know, Gomez could play out there, but yeah. I don't want to play Gomez at right back in this game against I don't Rashford. Play him at all. Um, <laughs> he's look, dreadful at the look, moment. When you say there's issues with City's defense, you then have a look at our defense, and well, we're, we're just a basket case. we're just shocking, right? We're well, in a basket case. We can't get a centre back pairing to stay fit for twenty games. Matip and Kanate have both made stupid mistakes at points this year. Yep. To be fair, the fullbacks have been fine. The fullbacks aren't the problem. Everyone's talking about Robertson and Trent. Simicast probably hasn't been our best fullback all year. Yeah, and he doesn't, and he doesn't play as many minutes because it's Robertson, which is fair. But and Al- if without Allison, we'd be sitting mid-table. Yeah, I know. And people will look, oh, you shit goals this year, you know, whatever. But so Allison's, Allison. been, Allison's been incredible. He's made two mistakes, and they've been in cup competitions. Yeah. The Wolves FA Cup one where and, he passed it to him, and, and the Real Madrid, Madrid one. Vinny Jr. So, look, I don't know. I just think you, you look at the Sancho, Bruno, 
Anthony, Rashford, and I love combo. watching. And I love watching Man United at the minute. I know I'm a Liverpool fan, but I love watching yeah. Man United at the minute. Ten Hag's a freak. He is unbelievable, and uh, Ten Hag as a manager. And I love watching him at the minute. And it's going to be a really good game to watch. I just, you know what? This is what I used to say about the Liverpool Man United. Up. There's a world where we're going to go out there and slap them four five one, or four five nil. When Salah's going to run right, and Mane's going to go run right, and yeah. you know Bobby's going to drop Doing in and whatever does. and does whatever he does. There is a world where we wake up tomorrow. Watch this game, and United could be three or four goals up inside, a, inside a half an hour. Yeah, because Trent will have gun. no cover. Yeah, Rashford will hit him on the break, and Bruno will find so much room in that middle three, especially if Milner starts. Which I know you yeah. look at me and going whatever, but honestly, think tomorrow. There's a Klopp's, world where it's Henderson, Klopp, Milner, Fabinho. That's I think Klopp's going to go yet again with the tried and tested those three. Milner's if we legs, do that, we're going to get spanked. Milner's legs are gone. Which I love the guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, he's just he, fantastic. He hasn't got the quickness. Like he's got the the base and the engine, but he doesn't. But have he the... can't get to the ball. Like he can't get around the pitch. Like Henderson's form's oh. not been good enough. But no, he's been dreadful this year. Hendo. And Fabinho is the best of the rest, so he has to start. Now his can't... legs are going too, though. Fabinho, he can't get into the game. Doesn't mean. And this is the problem with a Jurgen Klopp team that other teams don't have. Jurgen Klopp has played at such an intensity yeah, for with seven these, years. For these group of boys for so long. You know, Bobby's been with us eight years and leaving now. Yeah. Right? Seven of those years have been under Klopp. A lot of those other guys have been there five years, six years, seven years. Yeah. And they've the, played bulk minutes. In the system that we play, week in, week out, and modern football, and this is what Klopp complains so much about fixture congestion, whatever. His football demands players to rest. Yeah. We've been burnt out, and we've been burnt out for a while. And the signs were showing in the back in the last year. I remember doing a podcast saying it's creeping, it's yeah. creeping. We're conceding goals, it's creeping. This is what this was. And it. We fell short, really. We were in three finals, and we lost the league by a point. Yeah, that would have been the cherry on top. Like yeah. not the quad. Yeah, but so we've won that Champions League final. We had ninety minutes of pure domination to just get it done. And I feel like if we'd walked away with the two cups and the Champions League. That would have been the point where the board have gone. I think a few players would have left. Yeah, to be honest. I and I think that's that's the thing. Players wanted to stay because they didn't get the job done, and they wanted to stay. But and honestly, Mane think, was the only one that went. At yeah. That point. And out of the ones that could have gone, he was the one that probably had to have stayed. Well, because Salah got the contract this year, so like they yeah. had to. Yeah. And I think that's really what's pushed this issue to the forefront. Yeah. And hopefully, this year forces the board's hand to buy a bit of a midfield. Because we need it, but, we're, but we we're need... trying to sell the club though, so I can't see them actually dipping the, their their money in. I'm like... hoping that we get sold beforehand, which oh, sounds like we it might to. be. But I want to really just go out there and say that this was expected for myself, and I'm a big advocate of teams staying in the Champions League to stay long term growth. Yeah, honestly, think that there is a world where us finishing outside the four could do us one year of good. Well, Jude has come out and said practically, I don't care what happens this year. He wants to be he there. Wants be, if he sticks to his word... Yeah, that's massive signing. That's huge. The reason why I really think that it's not a bad thing for Liverpool to finish outside the four, we won't care about the Europa League or the Conference League unless we're at the semi or the final. right? Yep. Which means that we can play the Harvey Elliott's, the Fabio Cavallos, we yeah, can play Calvin Ramsey's, we can play Simicast, we can play those guys, those second strength guys. Kelly can play the keeper the, as the backup keeper. We don't have to be, this is the team and you have to play at this intensity week in, week out. This yeah. is, Fabinho doesn't have to play two games a week. Yeah, Henderson doesn't Bajetich have to. can play in that role too. Yeah. Exactly. Get Tyler Morton back in. And there's a bit more rest. 
hey, secondly, it speeds up the development of a few of these youngsters. Like, if we think Bajatic is this good right now... Yeah, give him 30 games. Give, give him two more years of full, team, full, full first team football, and the guy's going to be a star. Yeah. Right? So the future's bright, which is good. What it also does, and I know this is controversial, and I love Liverpool, it may force a few boys to turn around if we don't finish top four this year and go. And I know that this might sound very controversial, but if a club comes in and says, Mo Salah, here's a lot of money. Yep, to play Champions League football for Real Madrid... And I think, it, and I think it would be them. Oh, yeah, I think that's the only team that really, realistically... Bass if they had some sort of money, but they don't have the money. But I honestly think it would be them. And he's not going to buy in to go link up with Mane. Like, I just can't see them playing together again. And I would honestly... And this is not me saying Ma- Salah's been bad. Salah's had a pretty lean yeah, year. And he, and, he look at his, goals. and you look at his numbers and he, he's been he scored, incredible. He's scored 20 goals. And he's an incredible so player. <laughs> but I would use that money that we would get for him to go... Yeah, all right. across the board. We've got the we've with, got the attackers though too now. Yeah. We've got Diaz, we've got Gakbo, we've got Jota, we've got Nunes. And that's where I think the plan is. Yeah. And that's where I think the plan is is we're preparing for a life of outmo. And we're preparing for a life in the next yeah. forefront. And I think that and us Nunes finishing outside the four will force that to come to fruition. Yeah, because he'll want Jamie. There could be a condition in that contract that he signed yeah. that there's a, a release clause there if Liverpool were not to play in the Champions League. And I would imagine there would be. 100%. And if it's... Because we got $30 million for Mane, which is robbery. Yeah. Because he was going into the last year of his deal. So Salah's signed the deal the way Coutinho signed the deal and eight months later, boop, 140 Yeah. Salah, really... It, Hitting 31 now, I think it is, 30, 31. Yeah. You know, I'd be saying 100 mil. He's got a four-year deal, whatever it is, three-year deal. 100 mil, Real Madrid, he's yours. Yeah. You want a locked-in right winger, there's your locked-in right winger. And they'll pay it because he'll win them a championship. Really, he'll win them a Champions League. We might cut off our nose despite our face for one or two years. Yeah. But you get two years of Gakbo, Diaz, Jota, Nunes... You could be winning the next three after that. So you could be because they've Jude, all get bleeded in. Yeah, with June, and that will fund with Matthias Nunes yep. or Caicedo or McAllister. You know, like the the names are he- I'm hearing, it's Jude plus. It's not but Jude we need or that. we yeah. need that. Oh, I don't think we do. We need three midfielders. We, we minimum. We do. We're we need losing just... Ox. We're losing Naby. Yeah, we have to. We have to get rid of him. And honestly, the team comes and in Milner from... and Henderson. So there's four midfielders that we need to replace before we've actually added a midfielder. Yeah. And look, I would sell for Binio too. But I like that he can play centre back too. That's yeah, the only I, thing I, that's I probably keeping him in, in a job. But they're, they're hard. To get a six in that mould and role is very hard to get. So I Correct. don't know about that one yet. But like, you know, you're going to talk about five, six midfielders. That's that we know that's not realistic. We know no. they're not going to go and buy five midfielders. So over a be, period of time. Yeah, it could I'd, be four windows yeah. we could have six midfielders coming in but finishing outside the top four bring that to fruition now instead of us finishing somehow in the four this year and that will mask the problem that is and the board will yet again go they'll around just, they'll justify and do another that. year going nah these guys made the four it's fine yeah. it was just a lean year which it's not because this problem has been ruining its head for a while since Genie left pretty much that was another bad sale however I mean, we forced it maybe getting back maybe <laughs> um, however it is what it is on our end I want to talk about United, yeah. just briefly. What Ten Hag is doing there is incredible. The signings they've finally have gone after, I think the whole world's been calling for, if you're a United fan, yeah. to actually finally go after players. I mean, Casemiro is the one. You kind of laughed at me a little bit when he first signed. 
but world how class. good, yeah, world class. Player. How good's he been? He's been nuts, and we'll see that. You know, he, I don't know how we get at him. I really don't because we don't have a guy in there like that's gonna really demand of in the midfield. Like we don't have that midfield that's gonna take the game to Casemiro. We have the player, but we won't use him. His name is Bobby Firmino to drop in and do that. He just him. hasn't played enough no. to just throw him in. I know he'd been per- he would have been perfect because Bobby would go in and play in front of yeah. Casemiro. Like he would drop that deep, and the Redman boys spoke about it. I don't know if you listened to their pre-game build-up yep. show. They spoke about it really well about Bobby getting in front and making Casemiro accountable, and then that space opens up for whoever's going to play left and right. So you know, Salah's pretty well locked in. So it's who's that other player? Probably Darwin. To be fair, I think yep. Gakpo I feel a bit sorry for, but I think this is a game. This game that Darwin Nunes written all over it, I think. He's really he's actually looking a lot better. Yeah, had a goal disallowed last game, which I thought was... It was tough to, for it to be disallowed. And, you know, arguably not a foul on Yoda. Arguably, uh, if you're going to give that as a foul, I thought he was shoved. So yeah. then, you know, if it's one or the other. Um, he's just looking comfortable. But Darwin is finally getting to a stage where... The conversion's now picking up. The chance has always been there. His movement's been really good. And he's finally started to link up in play. And he's looked better on the left, hasn't he, than through the middle. And yeah, and I think the plan was always to play in there, but we've always wanted to have because a bigger guy. Because we lost guy. Diaz, though. Yeah, we've always wanted to have a bigger guy for the middle. Well, now Gakpo's that guy. Or Jota. Like, yeah. Jota's proven in these big games that he can find the goal, too. So, look, there's, there's a real selection issue there for, for Klopp. But I like the... the once the ball's there yeah <laughs> I think if we can just avoid the mid- middle of the pitch somehow <laughs> if we yeah. can just find a way Fabinho bounce Canate verge and just go dunk and just hit the channels that's our way of winning because if we can get Robbo Trent just flying balls into the box it's, it goes against the way we play but we're not going to win the game by trying to play through Man United. Bruno Casemiro and probably Fred is he going to be the other midfielder maybe in that three? maybe we're not going to play through that with Henderson, Milner, and Fabinho. So our game has to be cycle the ball in, spit it out wide, runners in, and just attack with width and just try and find something because I don't see us break playing through them anymore because we don't have the Thiago that's going to break the lines. That's another player we're missing. Yeah, well, I just think he's just a luxury player at the moment for us. And when he's fit, he's fit, but you might get 15 games out of him a season. So he's the 15s of class. And that's who I'd love to play in the six. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't worry. Oh, I know. I would love and to have in the six. And it takes away from his creativity a little bit, but he can go and win the ball back and put a ch- challenge in and be that linchpin for us. So, anyway, I think there's a world where United, yeah, as you said, could slap absolutely us. slap us at Anfield. And that would put a dent in the top four title chance. Not title chance. Top four race for us, but I think it's needed. Yep. I think we need a result where it's like, shit, okay, we've had a few draws, we've had a few wins, we're looking all right, we're not conceding, bang. Yeah. If we go and concede three to United at home, that for me is the, boys, we've got 11, 12 games to go. You must win them all. Get it done. And we've got to play City, Chelsea, Arsenal, I think. But I honestly think... With, with Bournemouth as part of our next four games. But I honestly think that our Asian squad's best in those matches because 100%. they get up for it. They've got the experience there. They get up for it. I actually think our problem's the Palace games. Yeah, when we because, can't break them down. Because we can't break them down, they sit there. It's the Liverpool bold, you know? <laughs> the Rodgers-Liverpool. The Rodgers-Liverpool go out there and dominate but can't break down a team or score. It's now getting back to that thing, just that we're defensively a little bit whatever. And look, it is what it is with us. 
I don't want to harp on for us for so long, but we have. Yeah. If we finish in the four, I'm over the moon because I don't know how we've done it. Obviously, we're out of the Champions League. I don't see a world where we no. come back. But I actually I'll, want us to drop out of it. I do too for top four sake. Look, don't get me wrong. If we went to the Bernabeu and somehow robbed them by three or four we goals. We have to win by four though. You know, I, I don't see a world where it happens. They're too good, Real Madrid. Yeah. They are unbelievable. Um, I'm just happy as long as whatever happens in the summer. Yeah, backs up actually supporting Klopp because yeah. if they don't back him this year they're hanging him out to dry yeah they are they're hanging him out to just this is it you, you, we're gonna have no choice to sack you which would be a shame to end what's been a very long reign yeah and it not be on his terms I think he deserves to For, go out on his terms yeah versus the board not backing him to the point where the results turn because we've got an aging squad and they go sorry man I'm gonna have to let you go yeah and then they go and really I don't want anyone else out there there's not a manager that bars Zidane who I don't think would ever come to Liverpool that I actually want so, nah, Zidane's just sitting there waiting for the next Real Madrid opportunity to open up and go, oh, I'll do it again for three years yeah. and then I'll go back again. Yeah, That's or all France. We, yeah. So I, I just think we're better off backing Klopp because what, you're not going to get any better. Like He's proven. He deserves an opportunity to win the league in a year where we can have some fans there to celebrate it too. So, yeah, yeah. look, that's where I'm at with Liverpool at the moment. You know, that's... Really, it's a, this is a hinge point in this season, and I think it's a good opportunity for us to finally get back on the podcast because there's so many things. We haven't even spoken about relegation yet, but you know, Southampton winning last night is absolutely massive yeah, too. Crazily huge. So, I think we've hit this point of the season now where every single game doesn't matter who you are matters so much because what they do to someone else means it's going to jump there, and it's all starting to be interconnected then you've got the European stuff and then there's going to be injuries and there's going to be suspensions Joe Linton's suspended for two games now yep. for 10 yellow cards for Newcastle two games for Newcastle is bloody massive because they can't afford to lose starting 11 players so make sure you guys get those notifications on because this run in is going to be absolutely stupid so yep. we'll be making sure hopefully most weeks there'll be a version of the podcast there will be clips going up as well. You have to bear, bear with me. It might take me a few days to get clips going or whatever. <laughs> but they'll be up before the next sort of weekend's game. So we'll be able to get the discussion up. If you have enjoyed this episode, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. Make sure you follow on Spotify. Make sure that you subscribe. I think it is on Apple Podcast. Yeah. Damo, any final words before we wrap up? Uh, just enjoy it, no matter who you support. Like This is going to be a crazy run in. If you're a West Ham fan, good luck to staying up. If you're a uh, Chelsea fan, uh, I just hope all your players come back fit and you do whatever find you want a, to do. Find an 11. Yeah. Um, if you're well, an they got Ar- a win last night too. They got if, a 1-0 win. If you're an Arsenal fan, just take it from me and Paul. Don't let this age you too much because, trust me, it is stressful. Yeah. Um, but I hope it. you get there. And if you're a City fan, if you're born past the year 2000. <laughs> Pick it up it's, a, it, it, it's about time this happened to you. Uh, that you don't win one so there you go and not to Liverpool Um, and uh, if you're a City fan that's before the year 2000 listening for whatever reason um, do enjoy it hopefully it's not too stressful for you either Uh, final word is going to be Brighton to make top four and win the FA Cup yeah that's massive so once again smash the thumbs up button let us know what you thought of the new setup as well I think it's probably the best one we've done so far with regards to the setup let us know what you guys want to see moving forward and we'll see you guys hopefully next week for another episode of our PD Sports Podcast.